Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life. Hi, and a very warm welcome from me, your host, Phil Parker, to this episode 67 of the essential skills of NLP. And I'm recording this as we run up to Christmas. So I thought it'd be interesting to work with something that comes up at Christmas, but for many people shows up at other points of the year. And that is how to deal with difficult people. And you may have heard my slight inverted commas as as I said the word difficult, because of course, people aren't difficult. They just behave in certain ways and it's very often our response that we need to change rather than their behaviours. But we know what it's like. We've all had experience, I'm sure, of uh, people who seem to somehow trigger us into completely the wrong state. And you can notice the language around this, if you've been following these podcasts, uh, is very passive. You know, they trigger us. They don't trigger us. It's us. We trigger ourselves. But they certainly help. They do things that seem to take us by surprise and seem to catapult us into not very useful states. For many of us, it can be being around uh, parents or families. Uh, it's very common to have people finding themselves re-experiencing themselves as teenagers when they're back in their old family home. And partly that's because of anchors, which we've talked about on other podcasts. Uh, partly it's because of old conversations that have never been resolved. But it is quite hilarious to watch people descend back into some kind of hormonal chaos. And if that's you, uh, either at Christmas time or other times of the year, then you know how it feels. It doesn't feel very nice. Uh, you very often say things and afterwards you think, oh, doll, how could I have been so childish or uh, conflictual? But in the moment, it seems like completely the right thing to do. So I'm going to share with you some NLP approaches for how do you deal with these kind of flashpoint situations? Because very often when we respond in those uh, less than generous ways, we don't feel very good about it. It creates conflict and drama and crisis that we would rather not have. So the first thing to do is to prepare. Before you go to these potentially conflictual or flashpointing kind of situations, take a few minutes to just think, okay, what are the kind of things that are going to happen that normally would trigger me? Now, by doing this to some extent, yeah, we get into negative states, but we're doing it in order to recognize what is the issue here. Because if we can deal with this before it even happens, we're more likely to be able to sort it because we're not going to be in the emotion. It's going to be detached from us. So then when we go to the situation, we're going to be in a much better space ourselves in order to deal with it effectively. So let's imagine you're going to meet somebody and every time you see them, they say something. And that thing they say, for some reason, seems to just really trigger some kind of old crappy state. So let's imagine uh, it's your your mum and she says, oh, I don't get to see you much anymore. You know, you're so busy. And you think, well, you know, I'm busy. You know, I do lots of stuff. Um, that's unreasonable. And you get yourself into one of those conversations. Instead, before you even go and see her, 
you spend a bit of time just thinking, okay, if she was to say that to me, how would I love to respond? Now notice the words there. How would I love to respond? Not how would I like to cope with the difficulty she's presented? How would I like to uh, deal with her madness? Instead, how would I love to respond? And then think about it. Well, how would you love to respond? And make sure, of course, that you're stating it in positives, because as we've commented a number of times, if you say, I don't want to feel stressed and really angry, then the first thing your brain's going to do is head towards stress and anger. So make sure it's positive. So how would you love to respond? Allow yourself to be creative. Allow your words to be full and large. So instead of to, uh, you know, manage the situation, to control it. Instead, to really enjoy it, to have fun with it, to engage, to steer the conversation to a much more interesting and curious place. And those would be much more valuable uses of your time. If you're going to get your brain into a state, it makes more sense, doesn't it, to get yourself into a state of intrigue and fun rather than the state of being pissed off. The next question then, of course, is, well, how do I do it? Well, there's a number of things we've talked about throughout the course of these podcasts. The first thing I would recommend is to think about somebody who you feel that way about. So if they say things that are a little bit conflictual or triggering or have the potential to be that way, you're able to somehow deal with it and let it just flow over you. It could be someone who's a small child who says something inappropriate and you just don't respond. Or it could be, you know, sometimes you find yourself on public transport or in a cafe and the person you happen to be sitting next to is really not sharing the same reality as you. So let's say maybe, you know, they've got uh, some serious mental health issues and they start talking to you and what they may say may be, you know, relative gibberish or it may be quite rude or aggressive. But you know... They don't really mean it. So when they say to you, you're a banana and I hate you because you're from the planet Venus, you don't normally take offence to those kind of conversations because you see them for what they are. They're just information that somebody's sharing in a particular way, but it doesn't really have any particular emotional value for you. You may want to slowly and gently step away, but you don't feel annoyed or irritated or angered by their comments. It's an interesting experience that we often have where we can notice this ability to switch states. So let's imagine, you know, you're in a car and you're driving and you're just coming up to a junction and somebody pulls out at you and cuts you up. And normally that may make you get very cross with them and shout. But then you recognize it's your, your best friend and they've made a mistake and they apologize and they wave instantly. You're much more accommodating of that. There's a question. You know, if we treated these kind of people that we have been triggered by much more like we treat our friends, where we're more forgiving, we're more compassionate, what would happen then? So coming back to this idea of how would you love to be, if you choose someone that you've interacted with in the past, where you interact in a much more kind, forgiving way, and think about them just for a minute, and then compare the submodalities. So that is... How in your mind, when you picture, in my example, 
your mum, the person that currently has had a history of setting you off, when you see them, when you hear them, what do they look like? What do they sound like? What's the sensation of that? And compare that to the other person we were talking about, like the crazy person in the restaurant, you know, who you're able to just accommodate their differences in a whole different way. How are those two things different? Now, not, what we're not saying here is that you treat your mum like she's psychotic. But what we're saying is, somehow you've got yourself into a state where you're able to perceive this person's communication in a much more generous way. When you compare the submodalities, those qualities, how it looks, how far away it is from you, what colour it is, how big it is, how they move, what's the coloration, all that stuff that we talked about before in the other podcasts. And if you haven't got those podcasts, you know where to go. iTunes, there's a message at the end of this podcast all about that. But recognising the difference in the quality. And then, of course, what we'll do is gently shift your mum to this place where this other person is, changing the qualities. So let's imagine your mum is in front of you and large in your mind and brightly lit and harsh. And the other person that you're able to tolerate them saying stuff is distant and a bit more fuzzy, a bit more faded, a bit more warm colored, a bit more uh, flat in the texture of how it looks. And the sound of their voice is kind of more of a burble, whereas the sound of your mum's voice is quite uh, harsh and sharp. Just shift your mum to where that other person is. And as she does, have her take on those qualities. Because these are the qualities of tolerance and forgiveness, where you're able to be okay with people saying that kind of stuff. When you hear your mum, or whoever it is, saying things in that way, notice how that gives you some extra slack, some ability to be a bit more flexible, a bit more kind, a bit more thoughtful rather than reactive to create some space some detachment from those old emotions practice this before you meet the person that's been triggering you and then what you'll find is when you go to meet them things are quite different and that of course changes the relationship because relationships interestingly don't exist People relating to each other is what happens. So if you can relate to them in a different way on that day, then you'll have a very different experience. And the next time you meet, you'll have a very different history to work from. So that's a starting point. There's many other ways to work with this particular issue. If you're interested, there's a, a CD I've done under download all about how to deal with the stuff of Christmas, the overeating, the overdrinking the overparting, and the fact that your relatives are over here. So you might be interested in that. You can check that out at philparker.org. In the meantime, have a fantastic season. If you're listening to this at another point in time, then I hope you did have a great Christmas. And if you didn't, use it for the next time you meet your relatives or people who have triggered you in the past. And you guys take care now. Bye. If you like these podcast series, then I think you'd really love finding out more about how we can work together. Best things you can do, get hold of the other podcasts on iTunes or get some of my extraordinary books 
which as I say, if you like these podcasts, they're very, very similar, life-changing, fascinating ways of looking at the world. And the ultimate thing you could do, hey, come and train with me. I'd love to meet you in person. Let us know. Drop us an email, phil at philparker.org or go to the website, philparker.org. Sign up for the newsletters. There you'll get instant access to some of my latest audio downloads. And those downloads contain the latest research, techniques and tools to change your life and improve your health. So just register to get those right now. And I look forward to hanging out with you in person in the very near future. You take care now. Essential NLP. Practical skills for a great life.